What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Carson Wentz, and you're listening to Washington Football Talk Podcast. Week one is over. Commanders are 1-0. Looking ahead to Detroit, the real beginning of Detroit week starts now. We're going to do a podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It is Detroit week, Wednesday. What the hell time is it, Pete? What time is it, Mitch? 404 on Wednesday. Also the road that gets you to the beach. 404 on Wednesday. It's Detroit week. We're brought to you by Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. want you to do the exact same thing. they got seven locations all over northern Virginia. Also, it's Bob Biagi's birthday tomorrow, but it's Biagi's hey, birthday. Happy so, birthday, Happy Alberto. birthday, Biagi. Yeah, there you go. Go check out Biagi at Oarsman Chevy of Alexandria. They also got Buicks and GMCs. So if you if you looking for a Buick, I might be in the market for a Buick. Yeah, yeah there you go. You're still in the market for a Tesla, though, right? I'm in the market for something. I'm over 100,000 miles with my beat up grandma car, so the end Cars may be near. Can go way more than a Hundo now. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I'm gonna be in the market for one too soon. That is a, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's an a underrated storyline. First time in a while. That is like probably not a pod storyline, but quite a storyline. Yeah. yeah, quite a storyline. Uh, well, here's what I can tell you, boys. As somebody that has bought multiple vehicles with our guys, our people over at Oarsman Automotive of Virginia at multiple locations, they take good care of you. Good. Seriously. I hope I get a Camry. Hoping for a Camry, huh? Camry's a very smart. I drove it. When I put the truck in for service, I got a Camry. I like that thing. I know you love Camrys. They're nice. Yeah. I want a sedan, too. My first car was a Camry. I liked it. It was blue. All right. Um... Brian Robinson at practice today. Ran the ladder drill, rode the bike. It's a miracle everything is cool, and I love this story. But today might be the last time it's news to me until it's week five and he's playing the Titans. Yeah, Am I right? Am I wrong? Practicing with a football in his hands, but this was definitely another step. Um, And, yeah, the agility drills, like he wasn't going through them full speed, but he was going through them in the locker room. Uh, the wrap was off, and he just had, like, little stitch bandages, like two or three of them on his right knee. For the record, Pete made an edit that I think would have been fine. All I did was drop a 50-cent lyric. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, the way he's interacting with teammates, it's almost like he's just a guy who pulled his hamstring and he's going to be back in a couple weeks. They're now treating him normally, and that's really fun to see. Yes, it was great for us to see him out of practice today and for him to be riding the bike and, and all that stuff. He had the, the sleeve went from kind of uh, mid-thigh to mid-calf, give or take. Um but when you ask the players in the locker room about, hey, like, how good was it to see him out there? Like, guys were like, yeah, like, I loved, you know, we're stretching, warming up. And you look over and see B-Rob on the bike. But at the same time, he's been around the facility. You know, these guys have, have seen him. I, I have to believe he's been sitting in on meetings and has been part of the team outside of when he's doing his rehab. So it's a great story today. Don't get me wrong. The fact that he's even able to be out there this quickly is incredible. But – we couldn't talk to him, and, and we won't have an opportunity to talk to him until he comes off that NFI list, which will be after that uh, after that Week 4 Cowboys game. So We all assume it will be assume after that. Assume that's when he's eligible to come off. 
He's eligible um, to come off there. We don't know if he will, but he's trending in a trending really promising way. Totally. Um, you want to just run through the rest of the injury stuff? Curl, Allen, yeah. O-line. Go ahead. Wes Schweitzer was a DNP with that hamstring injury. Now here comes a group of limiteds. Cam Curl, thumb limited. Caught up with him in the locker room. He seems like he's anxious to play and would be willing to play in a cast, but hasn't caught a football yet, hasn't really tested himself too, too much. John Allen with that groin, limited. Trey Turner, quad. I'm assuming it's the quad that bothered him all camp, limited. Here's an odd one. Jamin Davis, non-injury slash personal, but he was limited. I think JP talked to somebody. It turns out Jamin had something planned. Yeah, talked he to just the had coaches. to leave early, basically. He left early. Encouraging one, and this could help the offense even more, Cole Turner, his hamstring, full participant. So you had Logan, you had Rodgers, you had Bates. Might get Cole Turner in the mix, too. Just another person for once to Is involve. Is Armani inactive if you pull Turner up? Got to be, right? Yeah, but maybe there's – keep them all active? Maybe there's another player. I We would have to look at the game day roster and see who didn't really play that much. Maybe there's a linebacker you can trim off or something. Deami Brown. Yeah, yeah. Deami, right. How many snaps did he have? Six. I don't think he had a single target, and I would much rather have Armani Rodgers, who has been showing us something, as opposed to Deami Brown, who really hasn't shown us much in the past – Certainly can't Six come. Months. Certainly can't come from the O line, who is already showing need for depth, particularly at the guard position. That's quite worrisome. I totally agree. You got a bunch of old veterans. You can call them old, or you can call them veterans. Both are true, and they're all beat up, and they haven't practiced. And there's this thought they'll play themselves into shape. And all right, maybe they'll play themselves into more injuries. Who's playing this week? Yes or no? Non-binary. It's Wednesday at like 4 o'clock, so we don't know. 420. Uh, Schweitzer. No. 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 John Allen. Yes. 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 Curl. Yes. Yes. JP? Yes. Okay. Contemplative. Um, I think he's going to get himself out there. Turner. He said he's played with a cast before. Turner, like yes. Turner, both Turners. Turner parlay. I'm going to parlay the Turners. I think both Turners play, yes. Um, yeah, I think so, too. Anything stick out from Carson before we get to our interviews with Ron Rivera? Hello, JP sat down with him Monday. And then, uh, Mitch, who did we get for our second interview? We got Maury Povich as the second one. I love talking to Maury. It's just so cool. It's so <laughs> fun. Big Commanders fan, grew up in D.C. Obviously, his dad, Washington Post legend. He's a legend in and of himself. <laughs> and he is really kind to us and gives us a lot of time. And It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Um, anything um, from Carson, JP? You know, I think the Carson Wentz – whether or not his reputation is real, he has this reputation, and the reputation rehabilitation continues. Um, I asked him, you know, at times that offense was really good. Other times it wasn't. What do you need to do better? And he's like, I can't turn the ball over, which was pretty – it wasn't really where I was going. I, I kind of wanted it to be more of like a schematic thing, but that was accurate. And then, you know, I think he was really diplomatic talking about all the weapons he has and how good they are and how diverse they are. Um, so did anything stand out? No, but like the, like, you know how we joke about the streak of how many weeks they've done something right mm -hmm. and how often that gets broken. Like the Carson Wentz, how many weeks he's done something right in Washington. He's Cal Ripken. He's every week. Like as far as everything that's happened here, I'd say on the field and off the field now, He's, he's he's doing everything you want from QB1. You cut it off at this point in this moment. He's deserving of coming back next year and the year after. He's got 17 more weeks still, and I want to see how he handles failure 
Is it as easy for him to accept responsibility when it's on him, when this team is losing because of him? Maybe they don't ever get to that point. Maybe this is a magical season. I don't expect it to be, so I want to see how Carson handles Threw the two bad picks the and bounce back. Yeah. Threw two picks and bounce back. But so. without that bounce back and then the week and then there's all this – the dark cloud that There's we know of, that is always over this sure. place returns. I want but, to see what uh, Carson yeah. does. My only counter to that is he deserves credit oh. for staring at – he, he been, looked at the abyss. He's been an A-plus so far in I, I don't Washington. remember the exact line, but it, the quote about the abyss is you got to be able to look into it and what looks back at you you got to be able to handle, right? Yeah. Um, Who is that? Walt uh, Whitman? I don't – they say it in Wall Street when uh, Bud Fox is getting arrested. I don't know. Okay. I know it from Wall Street. Cool. But, like – he looked at the abyss and bounced right back. Sure. Now, 16 more games, certainly, but, like, we can't – you can't just be like, well, I'm yeah, still yeah, waiting yeah. for the yeah. other shoe to drop. The, the shoe fell. Maybe it didn't drop it. Yeah. Maybe it fell and he caught it, but, like – He's he's rocking the hell out of the shoes better than Mitch did in week one. Whoa. Despite what some of the haters Why are you giving him shoe shrapnel? Dude? Yeah, that was some <laughs> Sorry. real shrapnel. Yeah. Mitch has didn't. a specific word for people that insult his shoes. Yeah, I, I heard it on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you only judge Carson on – what we've seen from him, he's been good. Can't worry about all the outside noise. Maybe, regardless of whether that's true or not true, the guy may have learned a lot over the past two, three years. Totally. And there's a lot of maturation that can happen when, you know, you when you're dismissed multiple times over that time over that time frame. And sometimes you look inwards and and you grow. And from everything we've seen from Carson, it doesn't match up with what we've heard from from Indianapolis. Yeah. Judge not, lest ye be judged. And and Philly pointed this out to me, and I think it's interesting. I'm not here to promote or condone or condemn or any of that. Like, I don't have an opinion on it, right? Pete is a strong vaccine person. Others are not. But Carson did not get the vaccine last year. And in turn, because of NFL policy, that put him in a world where he couldn't really hang out with his teammates. Like, they were all supposed to be separated like this was an intentional policy by the nfl and perhaps that led to some of this you know separation or or not total familiarity whatever it was that's not the deal anymore so like maybe it's easier for him to be hanging out with his teammates because they're all just in the locker room yeah and they're all in the meeting room if you watch the touchdown to terry back carson sprints downfield him and terry like do that classic football player helmet bump they're staring at each other you can tell there's like passion and excitement for each other they look like they've been together for 10 years so maybe there is some bonding and i want to give carson credit up to this point i've really liked what i've seen and i should perhaps stop waiting for the 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 mudslide that this stuff to revert back to what it was because perhaps it never will even if it goes poorly maybe he's a better guy and i want to right that's the other part of it he could have four picks and they lose in detroit but maybe he's still just like man i gotta be better you know like I don't want that because Personal I don't want the four picks. Don't want right. the four picks. Right, right, right. Hell, the Lions are favored for the first time in an NFL football game. In What's an early lean years? on this game? I've never seen a supercharged Jeep, but here we are. There we are. Um, I think Kime should really slow down. At least, <laughs> at least He's going to get that boot again. My early lean is a loss. I think the Lions, that place will be pretty loud. Uh they're going to give the ball to DeAndre Swift, unlike the Jaguars didn't do with Travis Etienne. And I think St. Brown and Hawkinson as well are going to be able to move the ball. I think both these teams are going to score plenty, but I just think the Commanders are a better football team. I think that they're better on both sides of the ball than the than the, than the the Lions are. I think Jared Goff's going to move the football with DeAndre Swift. I think the Lions receivers are kind of just eh. I think they put up some numbers because they always play from behind that game against Philly down double digits most of the, the entire second half outside of the last three minutes so they were able to you know I, 
they were able to put up some points against what was probably a little bit more of a of a of a soft defense. Fun little uh, 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 schedule quirk. Sam Cosby gets to play second round, second number two overall pick or number one overall pick Trayvon Walker ah. last week against the Jags. This week he gets Aiden Hutchinson. That's smart. Number kind two overall pick. Yeah. Kind of a funny little one-two thing because you have Jared Goff yep. and Carson Wentz who are also playing that little one-two thing from the 2016 NFL draft. Those are good little nuggets. I don't know. Um, my initial read after that Jags game was Detroit would beat them. I also think Hard Knocks kind of like morphs your brain on the team that's Big on time. Hard Knocks. Big time. And it's still the Lions. I, like, I may just have to have the same mindset from last week. Like, man, we're really talking ourselves into this thing, but the Jags stink, and the Lions stink. So, I don't know. I'll give you an official on Friday. Yep, we'll talk on Let's Friday. Let's go to – We've seen the Commanders lose a lot in, in Detroit over sure. the years, including breaking the 19-game losing streak. Sure. Yep, seen it with my own, too. Yep, let's go uh, to the interviews. Ron and Maury, here you go. Maybe Maury and Ron, whatever order you think. I'll do Ron and Maury. Orsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Orsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Saving, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. I always appreciate getting to sit down and talk with head coach Ron Rivera, but especially after a win and especially (laughs) after a win like Sunday against the Jags, I I, want to start here. I, I know that you and the players try to block out a lot of what gets said. For guys like Carson Wentz and, and a guy like Curtis Samuel that have had tumultuous off-seasons, how happy were you for those guys yesterday? I was very excited for both of them and, and excited for our football team for the most part. But, you know, as far as Curtis is concerned, you know, we've always known what he's capable of because we had him in Carolina. You guys never really got the opportunity to see him because last year, you know, being hurt on and off. But this year, coming into training camp and us developing the plan for him to, 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 to ramp himself up and the way he went about it, the way he did his job, and then getting to play the way he did yesterday, was that was very exciting. It really was. And it was very gratifying to watch him play to his abilities. As far as Carson is concerned, it's just there's so much outside, outside noise about, you know, about this is him and this is who he is. It's not who he is. And I think we got a great exhibition of that post-game when he gave the post-game speech and took responsibility right away for having thrown two interceptions, saying, you know, I've got to play better. I can't throw the ball like that. I can't throw two interceptions back-to-back. I mean, you know, admitting that to his teammates in that moment, I thought, really spoke volumes about who he is. And then, you know, just, just how humble he was in terms of accepting the game ball. I mean, he, is, he, he did some really good things as a football player uh, on the football field Sunday, but I think what he, what he did in the locker room spoke volumes. How important is that game one for his teammates to see, hey, whatever people were saying about him? Because, listen, training camp preseason, everything's supposed to go well yeah. then, right? Like, the, you haven't faced adversity. Now you've looked at it week one, stared in the face, responded, come back to win in the fourth quarter. What does that do to the teammates looking at Carson? See, I think that's the important part about it, JP, is that he did look it in the face. You know, we did have some adversity. We did have a lull. But he came out, 
made a couple of plays right off the bat. After the two interceptions, he throws the deep one to Terry on the fourth play of that drive. Touchdown. I mean, that just showed that, hey, he can find it. He can dig deep down inside, keep his focus, maintain his, his composure, and make a play like that. And then in the two-minute for us, having to drive it down and in a situation where we could have killed the clock, we stayed aggressive. He had a great read, made a great throw, and Jahan makes a great play. Jahan sold that route. like It was really impressive to see from a rookie. But with Carson, I, after the first pick, I imagine he didn't say anything. I'm guessing. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. After the second pick, was there a moment there? Do you think you needed to say something? There was, and I did because I saw him right in front of me, and he was pounding his helmet into the ground. And I said, hey, let's get past it. You're going to have to win. You're going to have to go back and win this one for us. And he looked at me and goes, I will. I mean, he said it so matter-of-fact with confidence, not bravado, maybe a little bravado, but, but really confident that, hey, I know, I'll get my chance. And he did, and, and that was really cool. What was your feeling when the ball was in the air going to Terry deep down the right sideline? Oh, he had him. He had him. Because, you know, I, I'm listening to the play call, and I hear the last comment. Hey, hang with Terry a little longer. If you got him, throw it. So I was watching. So as Terry got off the line, he got even, and I said, oh, he's leaving. And then I, he threw it. And, and I said, oh, yeah, here it goes. <laughs> and, um, it was pretty cool. It really was. Just because, you know, being in tune to what's going on on the field and then watching it unfold was, was, was really kind of a cool thing for me as a coach. Let's talk about your three wideouts. I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but, you know, all three of the starting wide receivers bring in touchdowns. Uh, Totsa gets two in his rookie debut. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. How do you feel about that position? I feel very good about it. I mean, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've always talked about, you know, we, we got to protect him and we got to put playmakers around our quarterback. And I think, you know, the wide receiver position speaks for itself now. I really do. I think with, with Terry and, 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 and a healthy Curtis out there and Jahan and even, even the backup players. I mean, I think Cam Sims is a guy that's so underrated. Sure. And, and, and us, partly us, you know, we got to give this guy more opportunities. Diami with that great outside speed and the ability to make contested catches. And Dax Milne's now coming into his own. I think we've got six really good football players that give us a good combination no matter who's out there. What's the conversation today now that maybe the emotions of the win have waned with Carson about protecting the ball a little more? Well, and, and that's been really good. I mean, just he understands and he gets it knowing, you know, what, what Kenny has talked to him about, what Scott has talked to him about is really – you know, making be uh, better decisions or making quicker decisions or getting from one read to the next quicker. Um, you know, these are things that, that they're, they're going over with him right now as they go through the, uh, the tape. Um, I want to get to the defensive side of the ball, but just Logan Thomas coming back from that knee injury, you know, 10 months later and looked pretty good. He did. Logan looked really good. Not quite back to the old Logan that we know of because he's still kind of working himself into shape. And that's the hard part because for the most part, you know, he missed most of training camp. A couple of our offensive linemen missed most of training camp. Uh, John Bates missed training camp. I mean, uh, there's we have a number of guys that are going to work themselves back into shape just because they missed so much time during camp. All right, other side of the ball. Um, Jacksonville stubbed their toe a lot with some opportunities. Missed touchdown throw, drop passes, stuff like that. How do you feel the defense performed yesterday? I think they were solid. I, I think they were sound in, in a lot of areas, but there were a couple areas that we have to shore up most certainly you know I really appreciated what Jack and the rest of the defensive staff did this past offseason in terms of looking at some of our coverage techniques finding ways to, to, to work our coverage a little better a little different and play a little bit more to our players abilities and skill sets and I think that's 
been a little bit of a, a boost to their confidence. Um, you know, we, 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 we made some mistakes out there. We did. But you also got to look at who we're playing. We're playing, you know, we're playing a couple of second-year guys. We're playing a couple of rookies. And they're going to make mistakes. But the key is we got to get better with the communications. And I think that's one thing is, as, they, as they check through the defense and make their calls, you know, and get themselves aligned up, you know, they've got to be crisper. They've got to be better. And they've got to be ready and focused on what's going to happen or what they anticipate to happen. Bright spot in the secondary, at least. I think your D-line played pretty well. Yes. Um, they really did a good job pressuring Lawrence. But Derek Forrest's play stood out to me. That's a guy that missed most of his rookie season with various injuries and got an opportunity and, and made it work. How did you think he played and how does that help you going forward? Yeah, because it's interesting because, you know, we really like Derek. Last year he gets hurt as we're finishing camp and he misses the first part of the season. Right. Then he started to work himself back in and you saw some, some, some things that tell you he's got a chance. He comes out and has an outstanding training camp, played well in the preseason, so we gave him opportunities. And then, because Cam can't play, we put him out there. And, and every day in practice last week, he practiced well. And so we're a little surprised he played as well as he did, but it doesn't surprise you because he practiced well. So his preparation was outstanding. I think he's a young man that's got uh, still a lot of room for growth. But if he continues to play at that level, I mean, we, we have something there. Even Cam comes back, it seems yep. like you still figure out how to keep him out there. Well, yeah, because Cam comes back, he's our he's our Buffalo. Yep. So now he is, you know, we're, we're, we'll Forrest play. Forrest goes there. Yeah, yep. we'll play with three. We'll play with three safeties out there. Sure. Um, some bad news on the defensive front. Yeah. Darian Mathis went out. Looks like he's out for an extended period of time, maybe the season. I don't, is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I, yes. Yeah. No. He 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 had he has a, um, an injury to his knee. That's going to require surgery, um, and so we're going to IR him, and we'll go from there. John's okay. John Allen's yes. okay. John Allen's okay. He's got he's got a, a groin strain. Um, hopefully, we can you know get that taken care of, and, and he should be ready. He should probably be out in the practice field by Thursday or Friday. There's a defensive tackle out there you're familiar with, and Star Latulale. Is is that yeah. something you'd consider? Some things we've talked about. Um, you know, there's some a couple of young guys out there too that we're going to take a look at as well. You know, um, it's not like we have to replace. A John or a Duran, who both played extremely well. well. Payne was a monster yesterday. Yeah, yes, he was. I tell you, both those guys played extremely well. We're, we're looking at we got we got to replace a, a young guy, yeah. and so you know, there's not that much stress in terms of trying. We just got to find the right fit for it right now. Looking ahead to Detroit, a lot of speed, uh, tough receiver, and, and Brown. Um, how do you get these guys? ready for an opponent that I think might be up in, maybe up a weight class from, from Jacksonville? Well, I think first and foremost, we got to understand who they are. I mean, when you put the tape on, and I just started to watch it, they're a very physical team. They really are. And that's the thing we have to approach it is that we are going to play with a physical mentality. This is not a team that's going to come out and try and finesse you. They're going to try and play smash-mouth football. So we've got to be ready for it. Last one, and, and this is a little off on the field, but not about the game. Um, yesterday, was, it was the first game in Commander's history. I thought that crowd was yes. great. Did you guys notice yes. that? What did you? What did that mean? Kind of, you're you're out of the transitory phase and you're yeah. into the new reality. It was exciting because the fans got into it. The fans knew when to cheer, when not to, when to get on us, when to make noise, when to help. You know, and and, and that's important because you get some momentum behind you, and you get a little inspiration. From the crowd, boy, you can be pretty tough. And and and, and again, I, I I felt it as a player, I felt it as a coach, 
Now, as the head coach of the Commanders, that was outstanding. Yeah, I, I really thought it stood out, especially late in that game. Thank you for the time, Coach. All right, JP. All right, we are super excited to welcome back to the pod a serious Washington fan, Mr. Maury Povich. Maury, thank you so much for taking time with us. How are you? How are you feeling after a week one win? Well, JP, I, I feel great. Uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, I, I believe the best way to describe it was, uh, was the coach when he said he needed antacids to watch this team. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, you know, after the second interception, I was going, oh, my God, is this the same team that I've seen before? But uh, I give him credit. And as I was telling Pete earlier, that the pass to Dodson was, was not a good pass. That was an unbelievable catch. And there aren't many kids in the league who could have made that catch, especially uh, with the coverage he had. Absolutely. I, I, what was most impressive to me, because where we sit in the press box, Dodson ran that route kind of right at us, is that what a lot of receivers do in that situation is they turn their head early and it alerts the corner that they're looking for that ball. And he didn't do it till the absolute last second. And, and I think that's why he was able to make that play and the corner didn't. That, that's something that like eight-year veterans don't do. And, and he was doing as, as a rookie. I mean, well, let's start there. A rookie wideout, you've been watching this team a long time. Wow. A rookie wideout with two touchdown catches in his first game. How in, in, encouraged are you with his performance? Uh, uh, I was remarking before that what it really does because of uh, what he is now going to get in terms of coverage, it's going to free up McLaurin and Samuel and uh, as well as the tight ends because Jacksonville didn't have a, a really, really – a cover corner and so uh once you get that and so many teams have great cover corners uh you're going to be able to free up because they're going to have to uh, cover Dodson besides Dodson we know what McLaurin does can do and will do but I think my biggest takeaway was how electric Curtis Samuel was right. especially in that first half after what he went through last year um what were you reacting like in your confines watching the game seeing Curtis well, make the whole state of Jacksonville look stupid when, trying to tackle him well when the, the the thing about him that that to me was remarkable was you know it seemed that for a year and all the way through uh training this year I mean every little nick he would sit out and he didn't get this and he didn't get that and he only played in three or four games last year and when he played he was you know they they really didn't use him they kind of used him as a decoy and for him not only to play, but making catches in the coverage, I mean, it was double covered. It was, he was, the, I mean, he, and he was taking hits and uh, I was very impressed. Also, thank you, Maury. I just said state of Jacksonville. You didn't I correct me. I, yeah, yes. I was, I was just that, about to jump in on that one. Piece the city of Jacksonville, the state of Florida. Mitch, go ahead. Thank you, Maury, for not uh, jumping all over there. <laughs> Maury was being kind. We would not have been. Yeah, we Look, are not that kind. Hey, I've been in this business a long time. You know how I many mistakes I've made? Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe that we're third question in, or and we haven't uh, asked you about Carson Wentz. What was your uh, reaction to him, and does he kind of well, remind you of any quarterback in in uh, along the way? Well, I'll give you a little background, okay? And this is why I, I really have had some faith early on in Carson because uh, Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, belongs to my golf club in Florida. 
And so uh, I talked uh, in the off season to Lori. I said, Jeff, uh, what's the story on Carson Wentz? I mean, why does he get such bad press? What, what is the story? I mean, is he a really good guy? Is he, does he, is he trouble in the locker room? He says, absolutely not. He's a terrific guy and he's a terrific player. And his problems have been injury. That's what they've been. And so I think, he said to me, he says, I think he'll do just fine. So I put my faith in that. How would you describe, because it's become like oddly divisive and, and nationally, it, it almost seems like people are waiting for Wentz to mess up and they like pounce on it. Um, right. How would you describe kind of the week one performance where he was by and large good, but did have two interceptions? Well, I think you saw everything about him. I mean, he, uh, he's going to take chances and some of them are bad. I mean, you know, I mean, that, that first interception, I mean, he looked at that guy the entire time. He didn't look anywhere else. I mean, he had, he had double coverage and you were going to get hurt. He's, he think Rivera says that the timing was wrong on the pass. He was right. double covered and he had no chance to get that ball. Yeah. I mean, have you noticed, and I feel like this is more of a, a, a people question or like a human question than it is necessarily a football question. Have you noticed that Ron seems particularly intent on kind of protecting Carson whenever he talks about him? Oh, sure. I mean, he's the coach. He has to. I mean, there's, there's a lot of baggage out there. And uh, he has to give this guy confidence. And uh, I, I like the fact that after the game, Rivera said that when he uh, threw the second interception, he came to the sideline, he, he pounded the ground a little bit. And uh, coach said, you got to get over that. And, and Carson says, I'm going to win the game. And he did. So I, I, think, I think everything you saw, you're going to see again and maybe again. And hopefully uh, the bright spots will be at the end and they'll win the game. What's your, uh, your game day setup like? Are you watching with other people? Or are you someone who likes to hunker down on their own and not have anybody in their ear so you can just completely focus on that, what's going on? Well, you all have to understand that, that uh, I learned about sports at my father's knee. My father was a sports writer at the Washington Post for 75 years. Uh, he went to every Redskin game. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, I started in sports in my early 20s in WWDC radio. And then when I went to Channel 5, I, I, I was in sports to begin with. So I, I grew up around my father. And, and there's a great book called No Cheering in the Press Box. And so mm -hmm. I was silent, whether it's baseball games, football games, all the baseball games I covered working for Bob Wolf for the old Washington Senators. We never said a word. You never rooted for anything. So fast forward. Now I've been a fan all these years. I sit alone. I, I don't have a lot of people around me. I mean, you know, maybe I have some dip and uh, maybe a brew and, and that's it. Uh, but when I get mad, you know, and I've, I've got the Sunday ticket, uh, when, there's a, when there's a turnover in a commercial, I'll quickly go to the red zone to see if uh, other games are going on, whether I have a small wager. You know, I wager on games. <laughs> uh, I, I admit that. 
I've been wagering on games for years and years. My problem is I'm not into fantasy, although I did make a bet last night that I won, but I went to bed before I knew whether I won or not. On the Seahawks? No. I had a prop bet. Here's my prop bet. Okay. Oh, it's, yeah. Russell Wilson, over 22 and a half uh, uh, completions. He had 29. And I fell asleep midway in the third quarter. He had 15. I had to wake up at five in the morning to find out whether he covered my bet. (laughs) He took care of business for you. Always better to wake up with a little extra cash in your pocket. Right. And then, of course, uh, I I watched the uh, replay of Peyton and Eli (laughs) saying, calling timeout, call timeout, call timeout. It's a bad call, wasn't it? It's terrible. Pay pay this guy all that money and you don't go on fourth and five in in a hostile crowd? How can you not? Yeah, I totally. Rivera would have gone for it. By the way, I, I, I. I'm in a big pool at a club I belong to in Arizona called Whisper Rock. It's a great golf golf club. You belong and, to some clubs, man. Wow. <laughs> so uh, we have a pool. And uh, the pool is you gotta win, you gotta win five guy games. You can pick any game, but you must pick Monday night. You tie, you tie a spread, you lose. You gotta yep. win the game. Okay. I would have won the thing yesterday, except for those Dallas Cowboys. I had to hold my nose and bet Dallas in the pool. Big Dallas? I had I had the Commanders. I had Pittsburgh. Uh, who else did I have? I had Commanders and Pittsburgh and one other. I can't remember. And lost Dallas and had the Seahawks. Lost. Oh, Maury, you got, I'm, I'm guessing you're familiar with the Super Contest, the Vegas Super Contest. No, tell me about it. Well, the, the three of us, this was a, a big investment for us. It's a thousand bucks to enter. And right. there's, I, I want to say there's like 15, 1700 entries. Um, and it's run through, um, what casino is it, Pete? I can't remember. Circa. Blank. Circa. We, it's same thing. It's five picks a week, but you don't have to take Monday night or anything. And the three of us combined and we, we shared our mental resources. And it, for at least one week, we are tied for first place. We went five and zero. Oh. oh, so it's a it's a year long. It's a season long. Yeah, well, season this long, one. Is, yeah. With us, it's a payoff every week. So. so there's like a bunch of little games in between. Like every three weeks they pay. Every six weeks. Every nine weeks. Oh, really? The money is on the. But you're tied for first. How many people are you tied with? Uh, we don't know yet. We haven't we haven't checked the up the standings. Were you five and zero? Oh? Were you all five and zero? Oh? We went five. Oh and yeah. Oh. So does I think this we mean... took five dogs and they all barked for us. Well, does this mean that uh, you're going to be silly people of the heart and start betting the commanders every week? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm already nervous about week two, actually. (laughs) We didn't last week. Yeah. What's the spread so far for the Eagles? So Sorry, for the Lions. Lions Lions, Lions are favored by two and a half. The total is a lot higher, but I can't really figure out. It just your, your instinct reaction, Lions by two and a half, despite them losing commanders winning last week. Is that a little fishy to you? Yeah, it, it's, it's fishy to me because uh, as I remember, they were down a lot of points 
Detroit yeah. was, and they came yeah. way back to make it a game. So I'm kind of fearful. Yeah, I mean, Philly was up close to three touchdowns most of that second half, and then the Lions got hot late and were able to score. I, I just wonder if maybe Philly took their foot off the gas a little bit. I I, I am worried, man. I, I think Detroit, uh, DeAndre Swift, that running back, is the real deal. Amon Ross St. Brown is a stud wide out. Um, they're going to play really physical. I, I'm a little – nervous about this one i'm with you maury the uh my my issue is that uh jacksonville ran pretty good i think they had 123 yards or something like that uh, on Mm -hmm. sunday and even jonathan allen i saw in the paper he he was upset with the way uh the defense handled the run uh he said they we, we gave up two or three really big plays and shouldn't have so you know and and with the and with the rookie out but this is, this is how nuts I am. I'm telling you, from the moment that game ended, I started to look. Is Jonathan Allen hurt? He took, he took him out. He didn't come back. He's going to be hurt. What, what's the matter? What the hell? It took me two days to figure out and finally read that he didn't think the groin injury was that bad. Maury, I'm going to give you my cell number. You can just text me, and I can, I can tell you what you need to know. Because oh, okay. We, we, we talked with John in the locker room after, and you could tell he was okay. Um, they ran the MRI, which was a little weird to run an MRI, but they, they did, and he was fine. Um, it was a uh, – we all thought at the time that he kind of got popped where the sun doesn't shine, and that's why right. he went down in such a big manner. And I think that was part of it, but then they just wanted to be sure that the groin was okay as well. Right. Well, that's good. Not I mean, the, the news was very bad on the rookie, the kid Mathis. He, he's, yeah, he's gone apparently. You can tell but that. I, at I'll the tell time. you this: you can see, you can see Deron Payne is uh, in his uh, last year, boy, and he he's going to make that. sure he gets he's going to make sure he gets money. <laughs> so, I want to, if you're cool, then I want to ask you two questions specific to the offense because sure. I, I think what was so impressive was the receiver group, all of them. I mean, four touchdowns between three guys, a rookie with a pair of touchdowns, all of it. Which receiver impressed you most against the Jags? Well, the, the final catch with Dodson was, to me, unbelievable. I was very, very impressed with uh, Samuel because he was covered a lot of the times, even though he made a lot of catches. And the McLaurin, M- McLaurin play was uh, – you know, that's McLaurin, you know, they shut him out. They use him as a decoy. All of a sudden, boom, he makes the one big play. I mean, that's what he's done, you know, for the last two years. So of those three, whose performance do you think you can count on the most going forward? Well, you, you worry about Samuel because of whether he gets hurt. Uh, Dotson. You know, now he's going to get coverage that he's never seen. And uh, McLaurin is a staple. I mean, I would, I I mean, he's just game in and game out a gamer. So, I mean, he's my guy. (laughs) And I think the fact that he signed a long-term contract and uh, he's now one of the leaders of the team, I I think you can just count on him every week. 
But so after after Commanders win, like on Sunday, are you are you celebrating yeah. with a with a with a bourbon with a cigar? Yeah. Or with... Johnny Walker Black. Johnny Walker Black. Oh, <laughs> we got Pete. We got Pete. Pete won a little money um, from a uh, from some sports betting and bought some Johnny Blue and decided. Oh, he bought the big blue, huh? I bought the big blue. blue. And I've been having it here and there, Maury, for like big events. And I got to say, I don't like it that much. I don't know if I'm too much of a B-I-T-C-H or what, but it's not good. And and neither do I. Oh, my guy. I'm the same way. And I get, you know, all these friends of mine and people at work and things like that. For birthdays, you know, and Christmas, all of a sudden the Johnny Blue comes and I'm going, not exactly just. You know, I just like the Johnny Walker Black, please. <laughs> Can I give I mean, you my theory on 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 the blue? Yeah. If you're gonna spend that much money, and what is it, two fifty a bottle, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. yeah unless unless you get it, you know. Sure. Uh, boot bootleg oh, somewhere. Right. I just I, I can't validate spending that much money on a blend. Like if I'm gonna spend that, that much money, it should be a single malt. Right. And yet, believe it or not. I'm not a single malt guy, and I can send you some. <laughs> I got some. I got some Glenn Livet, like 25 year old Glenn Livet that I haven't touched and things like that. I, I but I'm like a Scotch time, guy. What can I tell you? That's all I got. Last time we talked, you were at like your farm, and was it Pennsylvania or something? Is that where you are? There's a ranch in Montana, no. I believe. In Montana, Montana, right? It's, okay. It's not really a ranch. I mean, we have a few horses, but it's not really a ranch. We live in a mountain, uh, and we live all alone in a mountain. Believe it or not, I mean, I got the closest neighbors about two miles, and so I love it there. I just came back after three and a half months. Uh, our son, uh, our, our son, uh, who was a commercial tuna fisherman for five years, got off the water, and now he opened a machine shop in Montana and he builds rods. And so he's a blue collar boy from Montana and has the big mountain beard and will not come off the mountain. And so every time, every time I say, son, you want to come back for Thanksgiving? You want to come back? No, uh, I'm not coming east. I won't come off this mountain unless I have to. (laughs) So that's, that's what we do. Connie likes it. And uh, I got this little, co- two little golf courses that I belong to. And we play, you guys are too young, but uh, there's an old pro who was 25 years on the pro tour. And his name is Lon Hinkle. And Lon Hinkle, uh, Lon Hinkle has, had, we play every other day in Montana. Lon Hinkle has two unbelievable moments in golf and this was it they played the united states open at uh, in toledo ohio at a place called inverness and this was in the 1970s so there's a practice round and chichi rodriguez and, and lon are playing a practice round chichi all of a sudden hits his drive way over there to the left on another fairway because he thinks he can get to the hole in two so the first day lon does that Gets it over there to the left. Chi-Chi doesn't do it. Lon does it. Gets on the green in two and makes birdie. That night, the USGA came and put a 40-foot tree on that <laughs> fairway. <laughs> Can you imagine in the middle of a tournament, a 40-foot tree? And the other great thing about Lon was at the old World Series of Golf in Akron, 
where way back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, if you won the World Series of golf, this was before the World Golf thing, it was a 10-year exemption on the tour. He came to the 16th wow. hole, a par five, a 600-yard hole. He's behind a tree, a pond in front of the green, and then the green. He skips the ball purposely into the pond, onto the green, wins by one. 10-year exemption. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Couldn't they have just made the other fairway OB rather than putting a 40-foot tree in there? But the, the other fairway effect. was part of, the, part of the course. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you could I do that. I, 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 played, I played courses where, uh, you're right, I played courses where, like on the 18th hole, you could drive it down number 10 and get to the green. And they said, no, if you're playing 18, that's out of bounds. But they did that at Riviera this past year because I want to say it was like, 17 guys were going down 14 and right. then for the weekend the rounds, they like changed right. it yeah right um you can do it you played riviera it's a good course no i wish i have not <laughs> more just flexing on all of us right now more the last yes last commander's question i got for you all this yeah. excitement all this optimism yeah is it the run defense what worries you most or what does this team need to correct in order for weeks two through 18 to go as well as week one Believe it or not, to me, it's always uh, the defense against the pass. And I'm, I'm still, I mean, I want to believe that they can create some sacks, but I'm not there yet. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, last year, they didn't have a good year that way. The year before, they did. I mean, I'm still worried about the pass defense, and especially, you know, if, I mean – the, the rookie, I mean, this second year safety, I mean, Forrest, Forrest yeah, pretty good, pretty good, mm -hmm. pretty tough. Uh, and by the way, you guys know when's Cam Curl coming back? It could be this week, we'll know more tomorrow. Um, he had a little cast on that thing all, all weekend and including on Sunday, but he did a pretty legit warm up on Sunday. Like, I, I think their only concern is if he can injure it more. Um, right, but be able to tell you more tomorrow evening, I would guess. So when they yeah. so when they lose, how much ne negative do you get? A lot. I mean, yeah, the fan base is unfortunately in this space where it's like it's a fairly cynical bunch, honestly. Yeah. And I think you know you put two decades of losing on top of all the off-field nonsense, and right, you whatever your base is, say. I'd say a quarter of it, 25% is, is just overwhelmingly positive. Go get them. But a lot of folks are, I, this, we got to let you go. We're obviously taking up too much of your time, but at what point, like it, it, say they get through six weeks, when can you start buying into this team as a real threat? Like what, what does okay. it require? So, so they've got the lions then the Eagles. Then what do they have? Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Well, that's good. Okay. Yep. So now Tennessee we're in the four, and then Chicago. Four games, five games in Chicago. I hate to say this, guys. I mean, I think they can be four and two. Are you going to make it back east for a game? Well, I have tickets. Uh, my brother's family, my, my, fortunately, my dear big brother, uh, David, uh, who's been a football fan forever. Uh, he and I have, uh, he died this summer. And so uh, after 
we have four tickets in the club seats and we've got some other seats. So uh, he has a lot. I have a lot of nieces and nephews there. So they they took all the tickets last week. So I, so I had to get, I, I, I hope to get to a game. I really do. Uh, they go for it. More if you need tickets. Yeah. If you need can, tickets, let us know. We'll get you some tickets. I know I got tickets. I mean, I, I mean, I've, you know, I've been very fortunate over the years. I've, I've sat in the owner's box. I've had a lot of fun there. Uh, I, I know Dan has a lot of problems and maybe rightly so. I don't know, but he's always been very nice to me. You're always nice to us and we appreciate yeah, it. Well, great. Sincerely. Not, maybe nice we check in with you next month. Absolutely. Call me. All right. I'll let you know uh, yeah. whether I, I'll let you know whether I'm up and down or up or down on FanDuel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so you much, Maury. We appreciate it, okay. man. A lot All of right. fun. You Thank later. you. Bye. Seeing Curtis well, make the whole state of Jacksonville look stupid what? trying to tackle him. State of Jacksonville. State of Jacksonville.